Welcome to the Volrath Feed, where we talk about everything related to the world of commercial food service. It's a big topic, and we know we'll always have lots to talk about. We'll talk to top chefs, to industry leaders, professionals, and cover all sorts of topics related to the restaurant and food service industry. I'm your host, Rich Rupp, product trainer and chef at the Volrath Company. And with me today is our proud new father, Justin (laughs) Pearson. Hello, hello. Yes, proud father indeed. (laughs) Yes, congratulations. Thank you. New son, uh, excellent. Yes, yeah. We're just uh, on on the nineteenth, just shy of Father's Day. So uh, that's very, cool. Very happy. It's uh, my second child. It's my wife's first. So it's a big uh, big gap between my kids. I got twenty years span there. So it's oh. like it's like being a new dad all over again. I, everything's changed. You know, uh, I didn't know that you had to raise a kid differently. So, you know, with all the different products you have to buy, but you know, it's all the innovations. Maybe making life easier. It's crazy. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's uh, all. There's a lot of different stuff out there now that uh, certainly do um, make raising a, a a child easier. At least through the the infant and toddler stages. I think after that, it's kind of very similar. But you'll fall back into it, right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was able to. Uh, change a diaper the other day and uh oh, man it, it was it was like it was like riding a bike i'm like yeah. all right I, I got this you know no, nothing changed there too much huh <laughs> however however there's the horror stories you know i i, I had a uh, a girl and my my daughter morgan's 20 now but um um changing diapers is a little bit different from for a boy because uh, you know their trajectory is a little bit different, you know, and you got you gotta, uh, <laughs> gotta be, prepared. be prepared. Yeah, so I, I uh, I'm sure there'll be a time where I forget and I'll uh, I'll get a rude awakening there. But <laughs> I guess that's part of the experience. And mom, Laura's doing doing well. Everything's good. Yeah, Laura's doing great. Uh, you know, she ended up having uh, cesarean, so that's I mean, anytime yet. They cut into your uh, abdominal section. It's just oh. misery, you know. Yeah. So she's infinitely more tough than I am, and uh, I, ha- I have to remind her to slow down. You know, it's like remember you're on these restrictions. You don't want to stretch out this healing process. <laughs> but she's she's just ready to get back at life and and yeah. and have at it. But, well, good, exciting, exciting times there for you guys. That's yeah, great. Thank Excellent. You. And speaking of excitement. You know, today's show, we have a uh, another really good guest. Uh, this is going to be another fun one. Yeah. We have Craig Culver from Culver's Restaurants joining us today. He is one of the co-founders of uh, this Wisconsin quick-serve chain that was voted in 2019 as America's best burger chain by Technomics. So that's quite an honor. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's been numerous recognition and awards that they've, they've received uh, over uh, even recent time and well deserved because I'm I'm a huge fan of their business model and their growth strategy and the fact that they will never pre-make anything it's it's on on demand you order it they make it then and there for you and I don't mind waiting that's the thing you know it's like I don't mind waiting there and, and if you think about it you're really not waiting that long considering what's happening for you no, it's it's well worth the wait I mean they make a great burger and custard, they're, they're, they're two things, right? Burgers and custard. That's mm-hmm. their their claim to fame. And, and when you think about a good burger, like, you know, a, a burger is just one of those things that uh, comfort, right? You, you, there's yeah. certain certain days you're just like, man, I'm hungry for a good burger. Yeah. And uh, there's so many ways you can go on that, though, right? There are people that will say, well, it's got to be this grade of beef or that cut of meat, and you have to grind it yourself and all that, and other people – you know, aren't as picky about it, but, and then the bun, yeah. you know, it's the burger, it's, the meat and the bun that makes the burger. So, well, I, I come from a school of thought of, you got to have a quality bun and then you got to have quality meat outside of that. It's your imagination. It's a blank canvas. You know, you be the artist with it. Personally, I, I, I prefer a thinner burger, um, oh. with, um, because I, I like I like the crust that it gets on it, and you know the little crispy bits. I, I like the texture you get. I, I still like big burgers too. You know, I'm I'm a fan of all burgers, but but my my preference is that. And the, and then a bun or a roll, something that that's stout. You know that that can hold up to uh, ingredients and and additional toppings and condiments. You know, it, it, if that bun falls apart and it just sucks on you, then 
the whole experience, it just, it, it gets really depressing very quickly. So where do you fall on the, the, um, the trend, if you will, of burgers going like way out there? Okay, example. The person that took a donut, cut it in half, and put, <laughs> put a burger between. I mean, where it's in your mind? I'm not going to give my opinion, but in your mind, where does that fall on on the? Well, I, like I said, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of people going outside of the box, trying things. Yes, I'm a traditional in a lot of sense, but I like to experience new things. I, I, I might not ever have it again, uh, but I, I did have a donut burger once, and. I don't see myself ever having it again. Nope, that's where I'm at. But, but I, I appreciated the experience because you know, to me, I like to step out of my comfort zone a little bit now and then, and 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 try some of these things because I might you you're not going to stumble on amazing things just by staying in in your groove yep. and in your lane your entire life. So, I like people experimenting. Um, I I never. I'm never a purist about it, and being like, "Oh no, that's that's not how you do burgers." You know, blasphemy. You know, no, 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 no. I'm so yeah. there with you, and I, I get caught like that sometimes. Though, like I, when I go to dinner, not just with burgers, other the foods as well. I'm the guy that'll find the thing on the menu that I go, "Oh, that's I've never seen that before," and I'll right, try it. Right. And then I'll go, "Oh, I should have just stuck with what I wanted in the first <laughs> place." So, I'm all with you on. I try it because, as you said, you never know unless you try. Mm-hmm. But then usually and they get too kind of out there, eh, it just doesn't work for me. So I'm, I'm yeah. probably not going to do it again. But well, yeah, you that's try why, it. I like, that's why I like to try restaurants when possible. You know, when you're traveling, it's not always feasible. I'd like to try places twice because um, I go in and then I like to get like a standard, you know, like uh, something that's done everywhere, you know, like a chicken fried steak. Um, or uh, rice, just or or tortillas. You know, I like to things that you a place should nail and should do right. Uh, I like to try their you know standard, and if, if they do that, then I'm like, all right, you've established some trust with me. Nope, we can that's... step out and take some more risks. So then I'll go to the other side of the menu and I'll try something completely out of my norm, and and uh, it generally ends up being a more positive experience based upon that initial first meal so right no you've mentioned that before tortillas are a big thing for you yes rice is a big thing yeah. for you if they don't do those you're pretty much checking out you're yeah done. it's it's <laughs> you, know, you you can't just phone those things in and it's like yeah. the bun you can't phone a bun in you know you, you got to take care of it i mean that's your vessel you know that's right so the other side to culver's then is custard and that's like a midwest thing right let's it's actually got a legal identity to it. I mean, there's a standard. We say ice cream kind of is a, a loose term, right? But there is a standard of legal identity to ice cream, ah. and there's a standard of legal identity to custard. And that's the other thing. If you're not from the Midwest, you may not have been exper- you may not have been exposed to custard yet. But it is really a good, um, very decadent, very rich tasting type of ice cream or, or custard. So the standard is ten percent fat mm-hmm. and egg yolk and then really the key to it though is that it's got to be made in a machine that that has a very low overrun very low air so it's very very dense and that is true midwest custard so is that a, a standard number that it has to be to be considered legally custard or or is it a variance of numbers or the air is is not necessarily the legal standard it's really the legal standard is the mix but when you put it into a different machine, you might get more air. So really, it's the lower air, this churning, that gives you that very dense, dense, rich product. And we actually make the machines, one of uh, the machines that Culver's will use, but we make that custard machine that uh, they use in some of their stores at our uh, Stolting uh, facility, our right, um, right, right. plant in Keel. Stolting is our division of the Volrath Company. So we are one of their uh, suppliers of that custard machine. I think we started way back with them kind of in the early days of their store. We've been a partner with them uh, through the custard side of it with our Stolting brand and a partner with them through the Volrest side with our other restaurant products. We go back quite a long way with the Culver's restaurants. You mentioned that you need a custard machine. You know, I I guess I just figured any old soft serve or ice cream machine, you know, you just it's whatever mix you throw in there. It, it all makes it cold and it <laughs> It comes out the other end, right? 
Well, uh, <laughs> not, not, not the case. <laughs> let me let me just say this: it works. In other words, if you put it into a software machine, you get you get it out. the The machine will be the product will be very rich ice cream, but it's it's still not the same as when it's put through that true custard machine. So it makes a big difference. And if you you you've been to Culver's Custards and, and you've had their their uh, product there, uh-huh. so you can definitely taste the difference of that to other styles of, of ice cream products. Oh, so yeah. It's, 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 it's definitely a style. And I would imagine when they expand, uh, they've got over 700 stores mm-hmm. at the moment. Yeah. And I think it's 23 states is what I, I read lately here that um, they're in. So I know that when they go to these areas, um, this has got to be a new thing for a lot of people down there, this this custard and yeah. kind of well, that experience. It, it, it was new for me. When, when, I, when I moved to Wisconsin, uh, I, I didn't know what custard was at all. I mean- you know, I, I I was thinking like, oh, isn't that when you put in a donut or something like that? You know, <laughs> it's like, but, right? But, you know, I never thought of that, but that's uh, what but, people will say mean, it's a custard donut. Yeah, I I had no idea what it was, and and I and when people told me about it, I was I was a little apprehensive. I'm like, eggs? Oh, okay. You know, but sometimes we're afraid to try new things, and like everyone else who tries custard, you try it once, and and you're like, yeah, okay, I'm 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 on board with this. Let's let's go. Yeah, yeah let's they do it. Do it. They do both those burgers and and their uh, custard products really really well. And when I travel, this is one of the chains that when I travel, I'll often look at if I'm looking for a quick meal, a chain restaurant that I know because there are certain ones that do a very good job of consistently having that product no matter where you are, and others maybe not as well. But Culver's does a very good job at that. Yeah, well, and and really Culver's, I, I get excited when I see it uh, in other states because. It's it's a little slice of Wisconsin, you know. They they have their cheese curds. Oh yeah, which, right. Yeah, and so that's a that's a new experience for a lot of people too. Deep fried cheese curd, you know. The deep fried curds for sure, and also fresh curds. When I have people that come to Sheboygan for training, that's one of the things we'll often get at the store for them is the fresh cheese curd when it's just really fresh oh, from the yeah. cheese factory. You can't get you, like sure they sell them all over the place, but it's not the same experience. People. Really got to understand that this is a fresh thing. Like you need to eat this within a day of it of it coming from the dairy. You know that's that's the peak. You know, and it never refrigerated. It just comes out room temperature is perfect, and you get that squeak, and it's just yes. a magical experience. I mean, no <laughs> other way to put it. It sure is fun to watch people when they eat one for the first time, and they get like you said that squeak. Yeah, and it, it really is kind of fun to watch them because um, it's very unique. Very unique. Well, Justin, I think it's uh, time we cut to the chase and get to the, the main attraction, so to speak, for today's show. Yeah, let's uh, do it. As we discussed, if you are from the Midwest, I'm sure you've heard of Culver's and know them for their signature butter burger and frozen custard. As we mentioned, today we are fortunate and uh, privileged to have Craig Culver joining us. So, Craig, welcome to the show. Hey, good to, good to be with you, too. Yeah, thanks again for taking some time with us and uh, boy, if you are from the Midwest, it's hard to to not know about Culver's. You guys are doing a a fantastic job, and uh, what a what a really good reputation you've got. Uh, the, the the whole story of the restaurant. And I learned something though, in that um, your family, your parents, started with a A and W when you were young. Did you did you actually grow up in the industry? Were you a, a restaurant uh, tour uh, at a young age? From eleven years on, yeah. <laughs> Uh, my brother was nine. Uh, my sister was fourteen, and uh, yeah, we were working at uh, at those ages. Wow, what a great story! So started out young and just kept right on going. Yeah, and I swore I'd never stay in the business. You know, <laughs> well, Rich, you grew up in it too, and uh, you know, you wa- you watch your parents work so darn hard in the business, and the restaurant business is a lot of hours, as you know, and. And in our case, seven days a week, and uh, I swore I'd never stay in this darn business, but uh, <laughs> I was just writing a little piece, as a matter of fact, just kind of talking about this, and well, that's 59 years ago now, and I've never, ever left the restaurant business, uh, and certainly glad I never did. I I love our, our re- I love the business for a lot of reasons, uh, but um you know, what I like to talk about the most is people. Uh, uh, our business, like any business, it's about people. It's it's about love of people, and uh, it's about caring for people. And, 
and trying to make a difference with uh, not only your team members, but with our guests as well. When we can put a smile on somebody's face, you know, how rewarding that is. And, uh, but like I said, it, it starts with our team members. Uh, that's where it starts. And it, and, and it transfers to all of our guests as well. Well, so, yeah. Is any anybody will tell you though that a successful business starts at the top and works, you know, it works down from the top. So that's just, and it comes through with, with the way you're saying these things right here. Your your team members, I I can guarantee they're picking this all up from you, and you you cultivate this type of culture in your in your stores. I'm I'm your your whole organization has this culture again that you you put from the top down. So that's that's you. Well, you know, yeah, well, thank you for that. That's very complimentary. But, you know, I don't I don't know if I was always like that. I used to think uh, early on the most important people in our business was the guests, the customer walking through the doors. But I finally figured it out a long time ago. The most important people in our business, it is our team members. And if they genuinely know that that's how I feel or how the leadership feels, they will take care of the guests like my mom was taking care of them. You know, that's that's what uh, that's what I believe. But it took me a while. It took me a while to figure that out, and fortunately, I did. But you you got to work on it every day. It doesn't just stop. You know. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It, it, you work on that every single day. And I've always said, if I walk into the office or our restaurants on a regular basis, and I don't bring any enthusiasm or energy guess what I'm going to get in return? The mirror image of me. And uh, if I walk in as a jerk, <laughs> that's probably what I'll get in return. But uh, it's so important to bring energy and enthusiasm and, and some love of what you do uh, along with you. Oh, right. Absolutely. you got to have that passion and that uh, just really it, it, it comes through when you genuinely like what you do. It comes it does, through. and I like I said earlier, I didn't want to be in this damn business, but, <laughs> but I, it, the, the business is right for me. It really is, but well, uh, I love it. You must be doing something right because you've got now, is it seven over 700 stores, 23 we, states? And, uh, well, uh, Monday we opened uh, number 762 wow. and 763. We're now in 26 states, and, uh, you know, and we're slowly moving towards that number of 1,000 restaurants. But uh, I've said many, many times, you know, it's not important how many restaurants we have. What's important is how many good restaurants we have. Right, my, da right. my dad taught me that lesson a long time ago, and that's those were his exact words. He said, Culver, it's not important how many restaurants you have. What's important is how many good restaurants you have. And, and it all starts with people. Back to yeah. people again. Well, and you're you're doing this with people who don't own a lot of franchises, correct? Is is there a limit well, or a cap on what how many a person can own? No, and that's kind of a myth that uh, people have of Culver's. They you can only have you can only have one restaurant. No, that's not true. You have to start with one restaurant, and if you prove that you can, you you can be a multiple store operator. Uh, we'll gladly allow you an second or a third, but today we have, uh, the bulk of our resta uh, restaurant owners have multiple stores. We have well, so many, go ahead, go ahead. I, w I was going to say that, you know, you talk about a person being able to run a store, but you set them up with that. You you lay out the, the procedures and you, you kind of make them adapt to your culture and they are, they're fully integrated into what you do and that helps guide them on that success. Absolutely. Uh, um, we go through a process when when someone's interested in a franchise with us, uh, they go through a screening process and uh, and uh, they go through uh, uh, one week of uh, we call it Discovery Week where they'll come into one of our our family-owned restaurants and uh, they would work a 60-hour work week. So you know, used to it. Yeah, they, they're on their feet. You know, where they haven't been before. They probably have to take a week off their work someplace. You know, and stuff. But we find out uh, if they, you know, it's not how fast they can cook a burger or anything like. That. We're we're looking at them. We're looking at their heart. We're looking at their values. Do they, 
you know, do they fit our values? And that culture piece uh, is such an important part of that, that whole process. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. Because as I was mentioning to Rich earlier, uh, when you go to a Culver's in Wisconsin, and then I, I lived out in Wyoming for uh, about 10 years, and I, I was so excited when, when a store opened up in Cheyenne. It was still a three-hour drive for me, but it was a little bit of Wisconsin che- closer to me. In Cheyenne. Uh, but, yep. And then when I went there, I had virtually the, the same experience there that I would uh, back in the Midwest. And so that that culture is critical to have that same experience anywhere you might have a, a restaurant. Yeah, we're, we're looking at people's hearts and, uh, uh, you know, will they fit? We, we can teach them. We can teach them the restaurant business. We can teach them that, but we can't necessarily teach the heart. You know that that they must have and leadership ability. I believe comes from the heart is where it comes from. So if they've got the heart, uh, and we, we're pretty sure we can make a good restaurant operator, a Culver operator, out of them. You have a, a culture at your at your restaurants that. Um, a couple of things I've read talk about your core values. Do you have that as a formalized program that every one of your stores, everyone's talking about the same core values? Yes. I, I mean, it's a little published piece. Uh, um, they're very, very important to us. But, it's, you know, I can't necessarily even repeat them. I just know you got to have a good heart. you got to be a good person. you got to do the right things. <laughs> and, and it comes right down to it, right? Yeah, and that's what it's all about. And... Uh, you know, our people come first in our in our uh, organization. Yeah, just like that golden rule, you know, treat others as you'd like to be treated. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Pretty simple. But yet, uh, that's the way. Can you really operate that way? Uh, right. We used to have this mission statement that was, you know, three paragraphs long. I couldn't remember the darn thing. I couldn't, but I could live it. You know, that's the important part. Can you live your mission statement? And uh, today we have a far shorter uh, mission statement, but it gets uh, right to the heart. And basically it says genuinely uh, uh, when a guest uh, comes into our restaurant, they leave happy. That's what we try and do with each and every guest. But same goes for our team members as well. When they're working with us at Culver's, you know, we genuinely want to take care of them as well. We want them to, you know, to make a good living and, and genuinely care about the, themselves, their team members, and their guests. You have some, some programs for your, your employees and stuff like that. Uh, uh, if, if I was reading things correctly, could you tell us a little bit about uh, some of the support that goes above and beyond for your team members? Well, one is a, a biggie for us is our, uh, our scholarship program. Uh, we've been doing that for many, many years and uh, started in the early 90s. And our uh, distributor uh, supplier friend at that time gave us $500 to give a $500 scholarship to one of our team members. So it wasn't even our money at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but since then, uh, since then, we give away five to $600,000 every year. Uh, in scholarship monies to team members of ours to advance their education. Many of those team members uh, were lucky enough that many of them uh, make a career with us at Culver's. And many of them go on and become owners of Culver's as well. Another way we have extended our culture at Culver's by, you know, young people that started with us when they were 14, 15, 16 years old, and today they're owners of their own Culver's restaurants. I can't tell you when I get a chance to speak to, you know, the, our restaurants and in all the different states and how many young people come. I want to own a Culver's someday. You don't know how that makes me feel. I mean, hmm. it is just a proud, you know, the proudest moment I I can have to hear a young person say that I want to own one of these someday. And boy, I hope we can do that with. We have many other programs as well. We want to develop all of our people uh, in the support center and our restaurants. When you stop growing, you know what? You're going the wrong direction. And that's a job as leaders, 
responsibility of leaders to help grow the people around them. And I, I, you know, not just in business, but as a person as well. I believe when a person overcomes challenges in business, they grow as a business person, they also grow as a person because they feel better about themselves. And I think that's a great responsibility we have, every leader has of growing the people around them. You can just tell talking to you, this is something so so core to you. Where did this come from? Is this just your, is it your, your mother? I know she was really a, hosp- a person that was the hospitality person early on or? Uh, you know, we sell a lot of butter burgers and a lot of frozen custard, but it's, that's not what it's really about. It's it's a it's about our people and and uh, developing a pride in them for what they do. And, and like I I tell them when I visit the restaurants, it's you know we sell butter burgers and frozen custard. And we're very happy to do that. Very proud to do that. But I'm more proud when one of our guests comes up to me or any one of our leaders and says, "Boy, you've got some wonderful people taking care of us." And that, again, another very proud moment. So, yeah, where did it come from? Uh, I'd have to give more credit to my mother than than my father. <laughs> <laughs> my father could be a little tough at times. Yes, but, you know. but uh, you know, I'm I'm certainly part of him, and I'm certainly part of my mom as well. That's just the way it rocks. So, yeah. Well, you know, it's clear that the you, the people side of your business is is really good in, w- in what you do. But you've you've got good food too. I mean, there's. Uh, are you the cook? Is that is that where this all started, or how, the butter burger and the custard idea? Where did that all come from, and how did that develop into the what it is today? Well, what our marketing team tells people is that butter burger came from my mother, from her home cooking. She'd butter the bun or whatever, and. That's not true at all. <laughs> you know this is going to go live. We're going to air this show. Uh, I don't care. I love it. You know, I love it. The, 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 the butter burger, it, it, took, it took actually, I knew what I wanted to call the darn thing, but I wasn't sure how we were going to make it. And the first couple of weeks, I wasn't sure where the butter was supposed to go or whatever. And finally, you know, there are there other places that serve a butter burger as well one in green bay one in milwaukee and mm-hmm. and they're wonderful i love those places they're wonderful places and they'll put a big slab of butter on the on the burger and let it melt and drip all over and stuff and i said well we probably can't do that but how about if we just butter the bun and grill the bun like a you know a good tavern burger is basically what it is and and then we take a at that time it was two and a quarter ounce uh, a chunk of ground beef and put it on the grill and then we took our spatula and we flattened that burger on the grill uh, to get that you know the thin burger that we that we serve and uh it took about two weeks to develop that and figure out what the heck we were trying to do and and we finally did it and that's when the that's when the butter burger came alive yeah i love the texture of of, of that you know the little crispy bits on yep. the edge oh that's for me, it can't be beat. I, lo- I, I love that style of burger. Well, I, you know, I, I'll tell you, that's where the true taste comes from, too. That, that the real taste of uh, when you, when you kind of, you know, that crispy layer, uh, that one crispy layer, that's where that steak taste comes from. And if it's seasoned properly and cooked properly, uh, which generally they, they all are, uh, it's, in my opinion, one of the best burgers out there. Well, that's of a good one. I, of course, I'd say that. What, <laughs> what else would I say? It's right there. It is right well, there. Well, but like you said, it, it's about the bun too. You know, it's yeah. you, you can have the best burger in the world, but if it if it disintegrates in your hand from a bun that can't stand up to it, it's true. You know, so true. So that's the butter burger story, by the way, the true one. <laughs> oh, good. But now we got the we got the real deal here on this show. That's great. Well, I want to I want to talk a little bit more about custard though, because. Yep. As I was telling Rich, when I first moved to Wisconsin when I was in ninth grade, I had no idea what custard was. It was a brand new concept to me. Of course, once I tried it, you know, like everyone else, I was hooked. But how, how did that get incorporated uh, into your business? Well, and when, when I was in ninth grade, I didn't know what custard was either. <laughs> I, I didn't. Uh, it was not until I went to college and I went to UW Oshkosh is where I went to school. 
And there's a little custard stand uh, in Oshkosh that I'd go over there all the time and have a vanilla cone. Always a vanilla cone because you get the real true taste, the dairy mm. taste. You and uh, and so, you know, in 1984, when we had the chance to start Culver's, I said, Butterburgers and frozen custard, how can you possibly go wrong? Well, I found out, you know, a few months later after opening the first Culver's, you can go wrong. <laughs> you can go wrong. And uh, we just about failed the first year in Culver's. And if it wasn't for my family, you know, being around me during that first year and saying, Craig, somehow or another, we're going to make it. We're going to do whatever it takes. And if that means working seven days a week and early in the morning to late at night, that's what we'll do. And to have my family around me saying, you know, supporting me during, especially during those times, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I probably would have been waving a white flag and going on off and doing something else. But uh, we persevered, you know, and every business has tough times. Man, what have we just been through yeah. the last yeah. three and a half months or whatever? And it still continues. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, like, Rich, your, your, your family's restaurant. Right. I mean, they have no drive through We were fortunate to have a drive through where people could still come to us and go through. And, you know, it's certainly the supper clubs in, in Wisconsin and well, all over the United States. Man, I feel for them. I still feel for them. And I, I'll support them every chance I get, as a matter of fact. Uh, they, can, they can have some of my dollars uh, anytime. I love Wisconsin. <laughs> I love Wisconsin supper clubs. And Oh, yeah. Of I like a martini to go along with it. I'm an old-fashioned kind of guy, but uh. <laughs> Wisconsin's got a culture that is, uh, well, I think other states have their cultures as well, but Wisconsin oh, sure. Supper Clubs and the things we're talking about here today that Wisconsin-type hospitality, there's Wisconsin nice, people will say, well, there's yeah. there's nice, and then there's Wisconsin nice. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, you know, I think of Culver's, uh, when we started, we, you know, we were an independent restaurant, we were. And that's, you know, the supper clubs of Wisconsin. They're independently owned, uh, and uh, that makes them very special. But I still think of us, even though we're 763 restaurants, I still think of us that way. And I don't think of us as a fast food restaurant either. We're the slowest fast food restaurant in the world, as a matter of fact. <laughs> but, uh, you know, because we cook to order. Uh, mm -hmm. That's part of the charm of Culver's is, you know, we want that butter burger to be fresh and hot when it gets to you, and we don't want to make it five minutes ahead of time or ten minutes ahead of time. So uh, we want to serve it with a, like a supper club would serve it. <laughs> well, you're doing what you believe is right, and, and you're not worrying about the others. You're doing the way you want to do it, and, and look at this. It, it's very successful, and the product speaks for itself. It, it's just fantastic. One of the things we're talking today is when we – told some friends of ours that um, we we're having you on the show today. He said, you know, I, I noticed that during this whole COVID, you kind of hit on it here with uh, your drive through He said, you know, Culver's drive throughs are just packed. Yeah. And it, it's, it's just uh, all that hospitality and loyalty you've built up. And, and, um, you, and through this all, you've, uh, it's shown that the loyalty your, your customers have. And my mother in her restaurant now has got a lot of good customers that are showing that loyalty and well coming in to pick up to-go orders and things to try to keep her keep her up and running. And that's what they'll say. They'll say, you know, we're trying to make sure that places like your supper club here stay yeah. because it's one of those things people just enjoy, yeah. uh, Wisconsin supper club. Well, I, you know, I did notice all those lines, too, that didn't matter which Culver's it was. It was, it was out of the parking lot long. But I think it's a reflection of trust that's been built with it is. customers. You know, they, 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 they trust the level of care that's going into the food. So they're believing that it's going to be handled in a safe manner during during this uh, COVID time. You know, when this COVID thing started, we were concerned, obviously, like everyone else. Uh, we were fortunate we did have a drive-through, though. And and I, I said to our team, this is our time to shine. This is our time to shine. This is our time during a really sad time to put smiles on faces because, man, Everybody needed it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think our team has really rocked uh, during that time, and they continue to. At Sauk City today uh, for lunch, uh, 
the drive-through is still wrapped around the building, even mm-hmm. though our dining room is now open in Sauk City and open in many of our restaurants right now, but it's limited, as you know, but they're still doing a wonderful, wonderful job. Before COVID, did you see your drive-throughs, uh, the percent of business growing through the drive-through? Is that a trend that you've seen growing over the years? Yes, it uh, has been growing uh, by a percent or two for many years, many years. And uh, uh, right now we're about uh, 80-some percent drive-through, which prior to that, uh, 46-47% drive-through. But the drive-through has continued to grow for for years. We're not a, a, like some of our fast food competitors where their drive throughs are probably 65 to 70% of their business prior to COVID. We weren't one of them. We, I, you know, I still want people coming into our restaurants as well. And uh, not that you can't have great hospitality through the drive through. I believe you can, but having them inside the restaurant, you know, hospitality is certainly a little easier and you get a true flavor of it as well. No, it's a, it's definitely a, a sign of the times. People are just in a rush and that's kind of the way we, we see it. And it's, it's, it's not going to return to the way it was. Uh, I'm not sure if it ever will. Uh, so mm. I think uh, it looks like the drive through is going to be a, a dominant part of our business for years to come. Mm-hmm. And we, what we've got to do at Culver's now is, we got to figure out how we get those cars through, you know, faster. Do, do we do double lanes? Do, you know, we got to look at, at some things. And I just talking to our team members just an hour or so ago, you know, we've hopefully we've learned a bunch of things from this because it certainly has given us that opportunity and take advantage of them. We've experimented with a whole bunch of things. Uh, during this time, and uh, I'm hoping that we come out with uh, some new ideas and uh, where we can take care of you f- uh, faster as you come through the drive-through or wherever. Upping that. Uh... I'm not. We're not going to make burgers ahead of time. We're not going to do that. <laughs> not Please do, do not. No, no. <laughs> no, we're not. Please do not. Don't worry about that. So, can can you tell me a little bit? Um, I know I my parents my family restaurant was was called rups and yep. y- you feel a little differently i think when you got your name on the business right i mean does that 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 obviously must drive you and that's a unique feeling i think to a lot of uh people that own their own restaurants that's a very personal thing for you isn't it yeah sometimes it's a curse as a matter yes, of fact that's true that's true um <laughs> uh, you know how could we ever sell culvers how could we ever do that uh so and I, there is no plan to do that, uh, by the way, either. I, I think there's uh, something very neat about, uh, you know, a family behind uh, a business. And, you know, my family is still still really behind Culver's. It certainly is. And I, I think that's a competitive edge. And I think our team members and our franchisees feel good about that as well. And you, you talk about some of those long-standing relationships, and you're, you, like you're saying with your the, the, having the family in there and, and that continuing through. Volrath and Stolting, we go back uh, with the Culver's chain quite a ways. I know you do. That that and uh, you some, go back quite a ways. Period. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But uh, you know, I think uh, early on our custard machine, and I think we're still uh, you know a good portion of the stores have our our uh, machines in there the stolting brand is a yeah a volrath uh division and uh, that's been a great partnership and i know in the in the restaurant you're supporting us on the volrath side with a lot of the products there so we appreciate that partnership and that's that's another good thing about uh, I, I feel as a person with in wisconsin and at the Volrath company, some pride you know we have our wisconsin companies doing well and yep. partnering together that's all good good for us right I watched uh, your custard machine uh, from the very early years on, prior to you owning the uh, that custard machine, and uh, so I've I've watched it from pretty much day one. In order to make great frozen custard, what people, a lot of people don't understand that aren't in the custard business, but they think they want to get into it, uh, they don't realize they have to have a true custard machine to make great great frozen custard. That is one of those things I, I struggle with people that'll say, I want custard, but then they want to run it through a soft serve. 
yeah. it's not the same. It just is not. The overrun is so important. The temperature is so important. Well, you know. Yes. Uh, you got to have the right machinery. And, and that's what we did, uh, you know, 36 years ago. We went out and, and bought the, the right machinery because I wanted to do it right. Right. And if everyone watches and, and some of your uh, commercials, you'll see the spoon test, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's there's a couple tests there. The one is, yeah, where you twist the spoon and the, right. and the, the stream of custard coming down. Yep. The other is, does it bend the spoon properly? But I can I can tell just looking at custard whether it's the right thing or not. Uh, oh, I'm sure. You've... There's nothing, but, you know, the, the neat thing about a, a custard machine is I, I have seen some of our competitors where they hide the machine in the back of the restaurant. I said, well, I'm glad they do it because they're my competitors. But <laughs> it's, it's a marketing machine. Such a selling point uh, there. Yeah, yeah. and you want yeah. that in front of your guests. And so when, when we're the busiest is when the custard is the best because that – that custard machine is operating all day long, and that custard is blowing down into the freezing chamber, and that's when custard is the very, very best. So when we talk about the custard, are you involved with your recipes, or how do you develop your flavors? I'm always intrigued where the flavors come from. You've always got so many, and there's the staples that are always there, but then you've got always a new one coming. How do you, how do, you do that? Well, we, we have uh, our uh, uh, culinary team. Uh, that's headed by Quinn. I'm not sure if you know Quinn, but mm-hmm. he ha- he heads that and uh, uh, always looking at new flavors. We bring out a few every year and uh, oh, Mark. Uh, we bring out a few every year, a few new ones. But you're right. There's the old ones that have been with us forever and the classics, you know, butter pecan and got to have it. Caramel Love pecan it. and caramel yep. cashew and. On and on and on. I love those flavors, but uh, we've developed some great new flavors as well. Has there ever been a flavor that just didn't quite work out? You know, is there a couple that were just like maybe just didn't quite work for the combinations or there were just two out there? Yeah, bacon and jelly, I think, or bacon and jam. And <laughs> yeah, we've, we've, we've had a few, uh, certainly. certainly. Is that a regional yeah. thing that, I mean, when you expand regionally, do you, do you find like, your stores in the south, I'll bet you have to have sweet tea, right? Oh, we yeah. have sweet tea, big time. Not a yeah. not as a flavor of custard, but no, 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 <laughs> yeah, right. But um, so when you expand and you go into regions, is there is there regional preferences that drive a flavor that uh, you've had that's taken on other places, or is it is there some that just strictly are regional? Uh, not so not so much. I I, I don't think. Uh, you know, per capita, I think was I, you guys probably know this. Uh, I think Wisconsin consumes as much ice cream as any state in the union. I believe is that you've heard that in the past, haven't yes. you? Sure, sure. So, so like when we, a lot you of know, old fashions. Yeah, <laughs> when we, you know, as Culver's was growing up, people said would say, "Well, you got to be in a hot state like Florida or something. You'll sell so much more custard." That isn't true necessarily. Even nope. in the winter months, we sell a lot of custard in our restaurants, but. Uh, now we do it in 26 states, and uh, we do it quite successfully. Thank God. I I would like to come back to uh, when you first started Culver's, and that that first year where where things almost didn't make it. Yeah. For for a new restaurant owner or somebody looking to open up, what was the major challenge that that almost broke you right in the beginning? For us, it was the unknown. And that's so true with so many, so many new people. Uh, we knew the restaurant business because we had been in it with supper clubs, resorts, uh, ENW drive-in, and uh, we knew the restaurant business. But all our, all the people driving by on Highway 12 in Sauk City, Wisconsin, didn't know what frozen custard was. They didn't know what a butter burger was. And I hardly knew what it was, as a matter of fact. <laughs> And we had, in our case, uh, in 1984, we had Hardee's right across the street from us. Hmm. At that time, they were the fastest-growing burger chain in America. Their parking lot is full. We had Dairy Queen also across the street from us. 1984, guess what was invented? The Blizzard. Mm-hmm. Their parking lot is full. And here we sat with, you know, and I tell the story multiple, <laughs> I've told it many times, here we sat with a couple cars. 
in our parking lot. Well, I drive a car. My dad drives a car. If you're doing the math, we didn't have any other cars besides <laughs> besides our own. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, the people didn't know what those items were. Even hard when people did come in, um, we tried to, uh, you know, uh, let them taste the the custard, and they thought it was pudding or something like that. Uh, hmm. You know, something Grandma had made when they were young or something, and they wouldn't even try it. They wouldn't even huh. try it. Well, once they did, you know, once they did, we we had them. You know, then we then we got them. Uh, but uh, it was hard for people to hard for them to even drive into our parking lot because they just didn't know what the heck we were. Was it word of mouth, or did you run a big ad campaign, or how, how did the word travel? You're, you hit it on the head with the word of mouth. We, yeah. had, we had no money for marketing. Uh, certainly, you know, today we spend millions and millions of dollars on, on marketing. We had none of There was none of that. and uh, uh, It was word of mouth. Uh, taking care of our guests when they walked into our restaurant. Well, and, to this um, day, yeah. Mom and 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 Lee, uh, they they led the charge on that. They were up front generally. Uh, I was usually in the kitchen. My father, we kept him in back out out of <laughs> out of vision. <laughs> but but he, he, my dad was our prep guy. I mean, he he'd get in the store early in the morning, and and at you know at that time, uh, uh, we sliced and diced and everything and made our own soups and chili and you know today we have our suppliers do the bulk of those things for us uh but back then we we did all those things you know we, we'd buy locally well what's the buzzword today you know buy locally and we did all those things uh, uh back then so we've been through the whole gamut let's put it that way <laughs> you know another uh thing i was reading about and this goes back to just again i think the type of focus you have on people is you do a lot of good um in your communities but one of the things you really uh, takes i think an extra effort to do is support farmers and that's a big deal here in wisconsin and, and the midwest and you you have a program for the thank you farmers project thank you farmers yeah it's it's been a very important part of us for many years uh probably going back at least 10 years. And, uh, you know, when you're in rural Wisconsin, like we are in Sauk City and Pertisac, Wisconsin, there are neighbors, there are guests, there are friends, and uh, we want them to be successful. If they're not successful, we're hurting. I mean, all of us are hurting. Mm -hmm. And so, and boy, the farming is, restaurant is hard work. Farming is really hard. And Agreed. We need those people to be successful at what they do, and we need them to make a buck. I, I feel for them, man. When milk prices get as low as they they did, and I remember pork prices years ago being, you know, ridiculously low, and my heart goes out to them. It, it does, and so we're doing our best at Culver's, and in, in a number of ways to try and try and help them, make make them more successful. No, thank you for that. I, as uh, again, Wisconsinite, um, we have to support these people, and, and they—they've got. You said it—a tough life, and uh, without them, where would our dairy industry be? And in, in the things that are, you know, what we love about uh, being in this area. So, certainly, uh, thank you for supporting them. I want to take a step back again to uh, sure. So you went to the University of Oshkosh, and Dead. so you went and you got a, a biology degree. That's correct. What was going through your head there? You, you were were you trying to get out of the business, and there's like this is this is my ticket out. I'm going to go do something else, or were you planning on coming back, or what? what was, where was your headspace at during that time? No, the plan wasn't uh, to come back to the restaurant business, uh, even though I never left it, because mm -hmm. you know we had uh, a resort during those years at Devil's Lake uh, State Park and in, in just outside of Baraboo, and so. That was my summer job and, and weekend jobs when my parents needed me there uh, during the off season. But, uh, uh, you know, my thought was uh, to get a job outside of the restaurant industry. Well, that never happened. Uh, <laughs> when I finally graduated, uh, I sent resumes out all over the place. And uh, 
and I didn't get much of a response. And, uh, you know, I've told this story so many times, too, that I, I was visiting my sister one day in Madison after graduating, and I needed a job, and she knew it. And I just went to visit her, to, you know, just to visit her. And, and uh, she said, Craig, you should really go talk to Mr. Showers, my, our, her next-door neighbor in Madison. And he's a area supervisor for McDonald's. Well, this story goes, and this is true. I said, uh, Georgia, I don't want to be in the restaurant business, and I sure don't want to work for McDonald's. Well, guess what? I ended up with McDonald's for the next <laughs> almost four years. And heck, it took me four interviews with McDonald's before they ever said, Culver, you're hired. So I was thinking, I was thinking after a couple of interviews, I can't even get a job with McDonald's for Pete's sake. <laughs> but, you know, the McDonald's uh, experience was very important to me. I, uh, and Rich, you, you might know this as well, but I didn't learn the financial end of our business working with my parents. I, I, they just never really discussed any of that with me, nor were they terribly good at it themselves. Uh, I don't know if my parents got regular income statements on a monthly basis or what have you. I'm not sure they do the cash flow of the, of the, the, the business and stuff. The McDonald's people taught me all those things, the, the P's and Q's of uh, the financial end of running a restaurant and inventory control, waste control, labor controls, all those important numbers you must know. Uh, and uh, they taught me that. and. Certainly, they taught me other things as well, management style and stuff. Uh, but the three and a half years I spent with McDonald's were terribly important for my growth uh, in the restaurant industry. And after three and a half years, something kicked in. Uh, and it was you know, something I guess my dad had, the entrepreneurial spirit, uh, kicked in. And I wanted my own place. And uh, I didn't have any money, however, so... I went to see good old dad. Dad, can you help me out? I would have loved a McDonald's franchise. That wasn't in the books at all. That would have never happened. But I knew what I could do. I could move back to my hometown of Sauk City and Pertisac, buy that A&W back for the second time. And uh, that's what dad helped me do. I knew I could run that place. And uh, that's just what we did. And we ran that for six more years. Sold it again, ended up getting it back two years later. And that's when we created Culver's, mm -hmm. 1984. Wow. Yeah, you talk about uh, McDonald's and people can say what they want, but it, that's one thing, I, another chain that I will say, if I'm traveling and I want to make sure I'm getting a consistent product, yeah. they, they do a very good job of that as well. And, um, you know, that's there's a lot of things, as you said, you, you can pick up from, from working there and it, it they just do a, a good job at that stuff, and and you can clearly um, see how that's uh, influenced you and what you do. Your your stores have that same that same kind of structure to them. When you go into a Culver's, it's always going to be a certain way. The the ambiance, the feel, the customer experience, it's it's just the same. And you do a very good job of that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, like I said, I learned a great deal from them, and uh, and. One thing I've learned over the years is never say a negative thing about a competitor, for that matter, and anything. Just, mm. you, know, you know, the old right is, if you can't say anything good, don't say anything at all. And, uh, right. Uh, I, I may think some things, but darn it, just keep my mouth shut if I think those <laughs> things. So. Right. You know, you uh, you and I are in a, um, a small club, I think, of people that have worked in family businesses. They, they can bring their own challenges. Mm -hmm. Did you have those types of challenges working with your parents uh, and your, your wife and others in the family that were in the business together? I don't think so. I, I mean, it, it seemed fairly normal to me. Uh, Mom and Dad were, I mean, they taught us so much. Uh, and my brothers, my sister, myself, and, and they were also good parents, and that's not so easy to do. Uh, but as, as I grew into, uh, more of a business person, it's hard to balance your life. You guys might know something mm -hmm. about this and, uh, uh, boy, I, and I worked a lot. I, I worked a lot of hours and, uh, and it just was normal uh, to me 
And uh, so I probably, I don't think I was as good a parent as I should have been. I certainly was a provider, but I just was not balanced. That took years for me to become more balanced in my life. And it's something I talk about as well with our franchisees and stuff. You know, I I want you to be very successful at this. You're going to have to work hard. And yeah, there's going to be hours. Gosh, remember, you've got another life as well. When I... When I was home during that time, I felt guilty about not being in the business at work. When I was at work, I felt guilty about not being at home, taking care of you know the three girls with my wife at that time. So uh, balance is a really tough thing. Uh, you have a love affair with, with both, your family and the business, and uh, you got to find time to, to split, uh, split effectively. So both are taken care of. And the yeah. fa- family's... Well, it is more important than anything. Yeah. It's a science and an art balancing all that. It is. It really is. What, what, did, uh, what did birthdays and holidays look like growing up, uh, you know, working at 11 years old and, every, you know, everyone's <laughs> – how, how is that different from, like, your friends? Yeah. Well, you know, it was different because, you know, it, we were different than my friends' families. They were out celebrating, doing things, and generally we were working. They were we coming were. seeing you. That's how it is. <laughs> yeah, they come to us is. to celebrate, and and, uh, <laughs> and you know you always felt you always felt sorry for yourself, and uh, but I got over that. And, uh, Why can't I go to the weekend thing with my friends? And we, all are those, you kidding? Yep. On a weekend, you can't do that on a weekend or a <laughs> Friday I mean. night. No way. Right. right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes, indeed. Oh. I remember the days very well. And, yeah. and you're right. You feel sorry for yourself. You're like, well, how come I can't do those things? And, yeah. You know, but you put the time and the hours in. Yeah, you you survive it. Absolutely. You make it. Absolutely. If we could close up with maybe some things that, if you have anything to share with us, Craig, that are coming down the pipeline for Culver's, any new exciting things, or if it's just, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Well, I think the new and exciting things that uh, will be happening will, what have, what have we learned from the last few months that are effectively going to uh, make our business better than what it is? You know, I, I know we've learned some things. I hope, I think every business has learned some things. And again, I feel so bad for those that had to shut down altogether. I believe, honestly, I believe all businesses are essential. Uh, just to, shut somebody down oh i can't imagine and uh, i just can't imagine but there'll be new things that come out of this and uh, just so we we keep our our, our options open and and go and go about things as as smartly as we can again i'll go back to people again one more time our people i felt like they were heroes You know, you've heard that on TV a million times. I don't see too many restaurant people being being shown as heroes in their restaurants, working during this time, taking care of guests and stuff. Our people were absolute heroes, and I am so proud of them uh, for what they have done over these last number of months, adapting to so many different things. Yeah. You know, I mean, now we're opening the dining rooms and. We're adapting to how to reopen our dining rooms. And, uh, you know, we can do this, we can't do this, and so on and so forth. Uh, um, They have just shown a spirit that, in my eyes, is just unbelievable. And I am so proud of them. So proud of them. And that's not just Culver's. I'm talking about all the restaurant uh, team members, you know, throughout throughout the United States. and and beyond they are so essential and um, they they keep us ticking they keep america rocking and rolling yeah i hear you there we our industry is is got a lot of people in it that are that are in it for the 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 feeling of doing good and serving people and that's just a, a trait of people in our industry i think very much so i believe so and we know how to have we know how to have fun too that's important as well. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We're, we're, we're known for that in some ways, aren't we? <laughs> at a restaurant convention in town, you'll know what I mean, right? Yeah. Well, if we can even have one well, in the near that's future. True. That's but, true. That's true. 
No, yeah. good people. Absolutely good people. Well, uh, as much as uh, I would love to uh, continue this and then learning about the Culver story and hearing from uh, you, Craig, um, I think it is time we do need to wrap up the show. And I, I just want to thank you again for, for taking the time to be with us here today. I do like to always ask our guests that growing up and, and working in the industry or, or you've had people that have influenced you. And do you have any quotes you live by or things you keep top of mind that someone said to you or a lesson learned somewhere along the way that you'd like to share with us today? You know, Justin said it just a little while ago. Treat people as you would like to be treated. And again, it's such a simple quote, but it goes such a long ways. And uh, so, Justin, thank you for saying that uh, no. <laughs> a little earlier. It's That's what it's about. It's, a, it's yeah. about treating people the way... You know, you would like to be treated. If we all do those things, uh, maybe we wouldn't have this divisiveness in America that we currently have. Well, 100% agree. Absolutely. So important. So, uh, Justin, any last uh, thoughts from you today? I would once again like to remind everyone out there to please subscribe. Never miss another moment with a chef industry professional and while you're at it we'd appreciate it if you shared that with your friends let them know what we're doing here spread the good word and we will all continue on this food service journey together also everyone if there's any thoughts you have about a topic that we've covered on the show or ideas you'd like to have discussed please visit us at volrathfoodservice.com slash the feed and as i like to end every show of a quote of my own this is one that um I always remember my dad saying, and I think after today's show again, it's just very appropriate. And then don't worry about the other guy and what they're doing. Just keep focusing on what you do best and no one's going to beat you. Until next time, everyone. Thanks for listening. Take care.